Oh, boy. I'd like for you to hold on to your communion because when we go into prayer this morning, uh, you can serve yourself or be with your family, whatever choices you make. Make it personal because there the Lord told me, Holy Spirit shared with me that healing was going to manifest for some of you during communion because of the recognition of what communion is about. But here's what I want to talk about this morning. Today there are so many people that are hurting, wondering when God's promise, when the covenant that God made with them will break through. A lot of us in this house. I've been asking about this to the Lord uh, for quite a while. And in the last six weeks, God has given me beautiful rest, but also he has given me dreams and has uh, caused me to wake up for hours in the late nights, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. And at times I'd lay there and listen, and at times I'd get up and go into another room and, and begin to pray. And a couple times the prayer lasted three, four hours. One night, God took me in a dream, took me into a large room. And in this large room, it looked like a maternity ward. And as I looked out, all I could see is just, it looked like thousands and thousands and, let me say it, millions of baby bassinets, places where babies would be. And I asked the Lord, I, in my dream, I said, what is this? And, and the Holy Spirit broke something out to me, and it says, it is a new birth season in the United States of America. And then he paused, and he said, and for Valley Community Church. And when I was... Seeing this, I was looking, and, and I, I couldn't see babies. Then he said, this is an actual place of the birthing by particular actions in the Spirit from my sons and daughters. And again, because I'm very simple, that seemed kind of, okay, repeat that. And he said, son, I want you to understand that I have set apart plans and purposes for each individual that is in the house of Valley Community Church. Those are watching online. And in that, what I have expected, as you read in the scripture, and I will show you this, what we're going to talk about today, is I've expected my people to grasp this spiritual revelation and begin to break through with actions that they take. And then I said, well, what actions are you talking about? Because I, I teach doctrine. And there's a lot of actions, you know, from justification, you know, there's, there's sanctification, there's all the different doctrinal things. And I thought, you know, well, I was going to sit here and, and just learn and learn and learn more about all these things. And he said, there are two things that I want you to understand that the enemy 
wraps the believer up. These believers are believers that will be in heaven with me. They will do good things on the earth, but they haven't broke through. And as you see, all of these places still have the plans and the purposes because they were not called out by my sons and daughters. The first one that he talked about, which if you look throughout Scripture, it always talks about, we're not going to teach on this, but I'm going to be very frank and forthwith with you because he was very um, forthright with me. And it wasn't where he was talking to me about this action because um, I'm still learning, I'm still abiding, I'm still walking in obedience of this. But he's talking about giving and he's talking about money. He said the church has been so tied up financially when I have planned all around. And many of those places there are churches representative of the plans and the purpose of churches. But those churches as a whole, there have been a few, but the churches as a whole has not called out for my plans and purposes of prosperity in their ministries. And the ministries are not only collectively, corporately as a church, but also in your homes and your places of business. And he said to me that there is a demonic influence in the United States of America, and I'm going to show you the very essence of the attack of the enemy that has gone over and has tied up the church, the believer. And so what he said is, my sons and daughters give, they tithe, but they don't have a revelation of first fruit, that I'm everything to them, that I'm everything to them in their church, in their home, in their marriage, in their relationships, in their businesses. And what they do is is I bless them with monies from sales of homes, from all the different things, from the business, when the business rises up and all these things. And he says, what happens is they, they don't think of me first with that money, with those finances. And because of that, they may tithe from a salary, but he said, my salary is set up for them to live. My plans are for them to be very fruitful and reproduce believers, sons and daughters for me, and to lay hands on the sick that they would recover. But because they are bound up in their financial realm, that these plans and purposes don't fall out of heaven onto earth or in the church or in their homes. That was the night that I instantly woke up and went into the man cave, my man cave, and began to weep for the church. I'm being very prophetic with you because that's how I function. That is one of the areas that I function in. 
There are other uh, prophets, prophetic people in our house here, which I absolutely 100% receive the things that they bring. But I am telling you, as what the Holy Spirit showed me, is this, that the month of May, the month of May is going to be first fruits or the month of first fruits. And what this is, is that allowing the Holy Spirit to break through into your lives from your businesses, from the things that you have attained in your life, that you would look at it and allow God to be first in those areas. There are people that have gained hundreds of thousands of dollars and have not given a cent to the house of God. And because it was what the house of God, it was God's plan to do that. That's why you were blessed. So many people uh, in the world will go into business and when they go into business, they'll become successful and they'll say, look what I did. Well, I want to tell you everything that I am, everything that I do, everything that I ever will be is because of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blessings. And that's why every time I turn around, everything that is mine is his. And whatever he asks me to do, I will do, especially in the financial area because the financial area, as you see in Scripture, brings heaven down, brings the blessings of heaven down on this earth brings the blessings of God into the body of Christ, where the body of Christ will then begin to move in that area. Right now, I have my tithe. Um, I, I get a, a salary, and I, I get part of that on the 5th and part of that on the 20th. And so the 5th just passes, so I have my tithe, and then I have uh, first fruit heart change. That's what I entitle it. There's, there's nothing in the computer when it's reported for the IRS for you says that, but that's on my envelope. Because why? Because I believe in this. And there are times I've given large sums of money. I've given away cars. I've done that. I've not only given away, outs, I've given away outside the church. Why is that? Because I have learned, and what Richard is doing now is he's putting that into the box and allowing uh, me to say, God, you come first. It's not about me. Remember we talked about that uh, life, our ministries, our gifts are not about us. God will take care of us, but he's given it to us so we can bless others. And when we become the house of God that wants to bless one another, there's nothing that we can't do in our lives and in our homes. And what we must do, we have, we have learned because of the attack of the enemy on the economy in the United States of America, the attack of, of all the different political stuff that's going on, the Christian church has become scared. And they, they have lived their life based upon fear. And the Lord said, I have watched over my purposes and plans. And the moment that you speak with your actions regarding your finances, that your, your plans and your purposes that I have made for you will fall out of heaven into you and you will begin to move in a greater way. So what I'm asking, not 
that, listen, let me just say this to you, and I'm going to say it again. This is not about, are you saved, are you going to heaven? This is really not about sin. It's about a demonic influence on righteous, just people who are born again, going to heaven, who have been influenced with fear and have not given out of what they have. And we had a meeting with the shepherd elders, and and one of the shepherd elders talked about uh, the two mites, the woman with the two mites that gave. And Jesus said, gave them everything. I want to tell you, Holy Spirit, you know me. I will give everything I have for the kingdom of God. Because what I want is I want what I saw in the millions of the places that looked like babies. They weren't babies. They were God's plans. I want God's plan to be fulfilled in my life. And I want it to be filled in your life. I want it to overflow because when it overflows, guess what? If I overflow, Michelle gets blessed. If I overflow, Anna gets blessed. Doreen gets blessed. I can go on and name all of you. And I want you to recognize this is what God is proclaiming for the whole church. But let me tell you, because we've been obedient to the Lord, the Lord has brought me and showed me what the enemy is actually doing. Forget about the political stuff. And I almost said another word. Starts with a C. Second letter is R. Third one is A. You figure it out. So, so, so I want you to recognize is that what I'm doing as your pastor, I'm diving into this. And I'm asking you to follow me because I will lead you to the Christ. I will lead you to the word. I will lead you to those things. And I'm asking you, as I have done these things throughout the world and prophetically uh, have sons and daughters, pastors, thousands of people are attending churches that I've mentored, and I'm not saying that patting me on the back, is because I've given everything I've got with the ministry, with my life. And I will not, I will absolutely, absolutely not stop. The enemy has attacked me physically. He's attacked me emotionally. He's brought these wonderful, beautiful, wonderful people that have died physically, that I miss desperately, that I, I'm, I'm a human, I'm, I, but I will not stop. You know why? God has blessed me through 45 years of ministry, and I've seen thousands of people born again. I've seen thousands of people healed. I've seen thousands of people move into their giftings and realms because I've been obedient to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit has used me. And I want to tell you, I am going to run and not be weary. I'm going to run, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do what God's called me to do. But I'm asking you, I want you to break through in your ministry. And I want you to loose the finances that the enemy has bound you up in. And I want you to understand, if you, let me, this is another conversation with another great man of God. 
If you just have a dollar because you have nothing, give that dollar and watch God make it thousands. Watch God make it thousands. If you, you know, two years ago, five years ago, sold something, you made a lot of money, and you didn't tithe, you go back to your bank account, and you tithe on that. You give above and beyond. That's what I just did right there. And we have to get to a place. You look at your businesses. You set up your businesses as kingdom businesses, that you look at it, and you tithe from your business. You tithe from your business. You see, the enemy has bound us up and we've, we've brought it to so much. So why? So that 50% of the church in the world do not teach on tithe that is biblical. And they are losing. That's why the church in corporate America is, and corporate throughout the world, bottom line, is losing. And, but I want to tell you, God's plans are up there, and they're ready for us. I got to go on, because I got something really good to talk to you about. That was good, but I got something really good for you. So here's, here's my thought. Pastor Nolan, in Jesus' name, he's whole. Amen. And why I said that, he, he, takes, he took care of the finances for three and a half decades. Pastor Dan is now doing it because he ran business before. And he's doing it for a season. And so if you know today that there's something you need to give and you have your checkbook, you put an envelope and you hand it to Dan or put it in the box or tonight you hand it to Dan or next week. Guess what next week is? Mother's Day. You know what moms did? They birthed God's plan of children. So why don't you just plan on giving that <clears throat> on Mother's Day and just allow God to birth something new in your life? <clears throat> I told you I'm going to go on, so let's do it. The second is what I want to talk about is really about my message. And in my message, I want to just tell you the title of it. What do you do if God doesn't pick you? What do you do if God doesn't pick you? Is there anyone in this house, maybe you might even want to raise your hand because it's a good day of confession. Is there anyone in this house that has had problems with jealousy? No, okay. Those that didn't raise their hand, you didn't hear me. Or We've all had that. It is a tool the enemy uses to destroy those plans that God has for you so you won't have breakthrough. I remember when I was a, a child, um, I had the privilege and honor God gifted me to be uh, a good ball player. So um, my age group, I used to play with guys three, four years older and play better than them. And now I'm just a legend in my own mind. And so it's, the, the reality is what we used to do when we were kids is we used to get a bunch of people, go to the school, which was about half a mile away from the house. And 
we'd all gather during the summer all day long and play baseball. Well, when you got there, you get everybody together and they'd choose captains. And normally they would ask me or someone else to be a captain. So what we, you do is you would choose, you know, I would choose one and the other captain choose one. I would choose one. The other captain choose one. So we're looking at infielders, outfielders, arms, all the different things. And, you know, we'd have 20, 25, 30 guys out there. So the worst nightmare in the world is the last one standing that hasn't been chosen. The reason why is because every insecurity that someone had would come out at that moment. And even at a young age, I recognized that. And I guess because I was called to be a pastor, uh, you know, Ephesians chapter 1 tells me that before the foundation of the earth. But I would choose one of the guys that, you know, they'd grab the bat and say, what's this, you know? And they couldn't throw or couldn't catch, nothing. <clears throat> but that'd be my third pick. <clears throat> because I didn't want that person to be last all the time. But here's the reality. There's such insecurity in the believer today. There, there's, because at times it seems like God didn't pick you to do something fabulous. As we talked about the last series, to be a hero. I'm standing in front of every, every hero. You are, every one of you are heroes in the kingdom of God. But you need to understand you are and begin to live that way. We all don't get picked for what we think we should be picked for either. Think about it. God tests us. Sometimes God, what he'll do is he doesn't pick us at least not at that time. And the reason is, he just wants to see how we will react to the ones who got picked. How we will relate to people. Jealousy arises. In the Bible, we have an interesting analogy between Noah and Abram. They were both picked, but also in the covenant, there was something both of them needed to do. Noah built the ark. So he, he made uh, the ark, and we know the story. People made fun of him. They cursed him. No one had ever seen rain. It had never rained before that time on the earth. So when the rain came down, they were surprised at what it was because no one had ever... Because the, the land was, was uh, given moisture, you know, by the dew, the fog, the dew. And at this time, it rained. I can imagine Noah went through a lot trying to obey God, just like us. You and I have ups and downs or things that go on in our life. But what God was showing me in those dreams, and of course, I'm going to show you in Scripture what he was talking about. At the end, God really blessed Noah and made a covenant with him. And after, after all the blessing and everything, he sinned. You know why? Because he's like you and me. We're not perfect. Our justification, our righteousness comes from him. So God set a rainbow and he'll, he said, I'll never flood the earth again. 
How beautiful, huh? You see a rainbow. I know the, the, the world is trying to, you know, tatter that. But when you look in the sky and you see a rainbow, you see the beauty of color. I'm sure after all Noah went through, you know, and, and being on that boat, he needed a rainbow day, didn't he? Some of you right now, today, are in a rainbow day. Things are good. But I know because of the crowd, there's some of you that are not having a rainbow day. That there's fear, there's, there's doubt, there's struggle. You're doing the things right. You're doing good things. You're trying to do things right. But you haven't really understood Holy Spirit led our, our worship team with the songs. He's everything. He's everything to us. He owns everything. He owns me. He owns my finances. He owns my life. He owns my marriage. He owns my cars. He owns my house. Everything. And if he wants it, he can have it today. Rainbow days. Well, let's see a little contrast. Remember the story of Abram, later Abraham? He also went through a lot. God actually told him. He said, I want you to get up and I want you to leave everybody you know. And I want you to go to a place where I will lead you. That would be hard on me because when I do a trip, I know every hotel, I know every marker, I know how many miles I want to drive, I know how much gas it's going to take, I know how much money it's going to take. I got everything in line when I go on a trip. Well, God tells Abraham, I want you to take up everything, leave the safety of your success in your home, and go to another land that I will lead you to. He didn't know where he was going. So Abraham traveled around from place to place. But God also made a covenant with Abraham, and you find that in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will, future, show you. I will make you a great nation, future. I will, future, bless you and make your name great. He could have stopped right there. He says, what about now? (laughs) And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. You will be a blessing. See that? I'm going to take you somewhere, and my plan for you, that vision I saw in the dream, that my plan for you is to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. But he kept telling Abram what he would do, but he didn't do it yet. And Abraham's still obedient. Then God tells Abram, what you have to do for this covenant is you have to circumcise all the males in your family and those who work for you. So the question is, what happens if you need a rainbow and you get a circumcision instead? Yeah, ooh. I don't imagine Abram was very popular with his family at that moment. 
especially the guys. Because a circumcision is a cutting back of the flesh. We talked about the finances. Now I want you to understand, we're talking about the flesh, that God was showing me exactly where the enemy, not blinded, but has brought uh, deception into the believer. A circumcision is a cutting back of the flesh. So many times we would like to have a rainbow. Instead, we get something that deals with our flesh, which causes us to have to grow in God's way. Think about it. If Abraham had information about Noah, (laughs) I wonder how he felt when he got his circumcision. Because right now, there are some of you that are in your rainbow, and you're moving on, and you've made decisions, and and things are happening, and you're walking in the blessings, but there's some of you that are living in circumcision, that God is wanting to cut away some flesh because of some things in your life. But you're living for God, you're attending church, you're loving your wife, you're loving your, your husband. You're, you're moving into this realm and doing good things and you're teaching uh, uh, the kids and, and you're just part of the men's team and all that. But right now, you feel like you're in the pain of circumcision. I wonder if Abram said, oh, gave Noah a rainbow and give me circumcision. Thanks, God. Or... Thank God Noah got a rainbow and I got circumcision. You know, see, church, we must recognize God's plans are perfect and be happy with God's plans. But we haven't given our lives totally to God's plans. The way God blesses you with those plans. Also be content to believe that what God gives us is what we need at the time that we get it. I hear people a lot of times pray, God, why did you do that? It's not that what he did, God is cutting away flesh because there is a plan sitting in heaven waiting to drop in your life, waiting for breakthrough to happen, to manifest in your life. Many of us are in, I will do this season from God, too. God's given you a promise. You haven't seen it yet. You're still moving. You're still doing what you're doing. And you're being a blessing to others. You're trying to do what's right. You're hearing the messages. You're reading the word. You're journaling, all these different things. But still, you're right there that God has promised you something, and you're still in that mode of the promise hasn't manifested yet. I'm saying look back and see if there's been some deception. Probably not, because I know you. But let me just say this. It could be. I've been there. I've been there where I was eking out an existence. I really needed uh, God to do something. Also, because of my emotions, I needed a rainbow. I needed a happy time. I needed a joyous time. So I went to my prayer time a long time ago with that. 
And I said, Father, I will always tithe and give my offerings. I will always do the best of my ability, rejoice with others, and stay obedient to what you're wanting to do in and with me. But I, I, I want you to just understand something here. From that moment, from that moment, God has prospered the things I've put my hands to. I didn't say that every day was a rainbow day. There still are circumcision days. That God is cutting away at something in my life. That God is saying to me, Gary, you need to um, rethink what you're moving forward in. But God, I want to bless you. But God, I want to do things for you. I know that, son. But I'm telling you, your GPS is off in what I'm asking you to do. So if you're having a rainbow and, and some are having a circumcision, it's not very fun when you gather together. Jealousy happens. Scripture tells us jealousy rots the bones. You find that in Proverbs 14.30. There is enough physical, emotional pain in this world. We don't need to make ourselves miserable by becoming jealous of others. So let me tell you three things that we do that make ourselves miserable that began with jealousy. And I know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm a pastor, and I've really understood this, and I'm working not to be jealous and all. But I'll tell you what, the enemy continues to come in to bring jealousy. What if, what if, what if I would do this? How come they get this? How come that happened to them? And I'm doing this. And look at all I've done in the church. Look all I did in my neighborhood in the school system. And God is saying, hey, hey, I got my plans for you. And I want you to walk in these two things of not be jealous and what happens when you're jealous, I'm going to show you now, and also taking care of your finances properly. So the first thing that we do that make ourselves miserable is worry. I won't ask if any of you ever worried, but in Luke 12, 25, it says you cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. Can't add any time by worrying. Worry is completely useless. Jealousy brings worry. How come, God, you're not going to do this for me? It's like, you know... I like this. It's like rocking in a rocking chair all day. Rocking in a rocking chair all day keeps you busy, but you never get anywhere. You always just rock, 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 rock. You're not getting anywhere. Worry doesn't move the hand of God either. Faith moves the hand of God. The only thing worry does is torment you. Have you been there where you couldn't sleep? Yeah, you have. I know, because I've been there. Every one of us have been there. Here's the second thing that jealousy produces, unforgiveness. We're going to spend more time on this. In Mark eleven twenty five, 25, it says, If you forgive men 
when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. The things that will hinder the blessing and the plan of God to come and break through to happen is unforgiveness. That we must forgive. So many people in church are harboring unforgiveness toward other people. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest doors that Satan has in the lives of Christians. When you forgive, you do yourself a favor. Unforgiveness, again, you've heard me say this, it's like drinking poison and hoping someone else will die because it will destroy you. God can give you a double reward for your former trouble. For your former trouble. Some of you have had past that people have abused you, have done things so awful towards you, and you are basically just wondering how you're going to make it because of what they did. I want to tell you, God can take that when you forgive. I'm not talking about holding hands with them and buddy-buddy with them. I'm talking about forgiving them and allowing God to absolutely bless you way above you could ever ask or think because you walk in forgiveness. God is a God of justice. Man's justice stinks because it becomes full of jealousy and pride. He will not fulfill that until you forgive and let go what you're holding against them. Let me just say it very simply. Leave it, let it go, drop it, and don't take it out with you when you leave this place. I'm going to say that again. Breakthrough Sunday, don't you leave this house. Don't you walk out on that sidewalk, all of you, before you say, God, you know my emotions, you know my heart, you know my pain, but I now show me how to forgive, and I will forgive. I forgive now. I make a proclamation, I forgive now. And you know what the enemy's going to do? Oh, Really? They're just going to mess you up again. Remember we talked about our mess, God's miracle? That's how the miracle begins to flow in your life. Here's the third thing. The nonsense of jealousy. It's amazing the things people find wrong with you when you succeed. I mean, you know, I watched the king and the queen crown yesterday, and it was beautiful. And I'll tell you what, the service was so spiritual. I listened to it again that evening, just the service, because I wanted to hear the proclamation of the word and what took place. And you know what you heard on all the news? Yeah, well, they had more women. That's good. They did this. They did nothing about God. When the whole service was about God in the church. Those guys are fake. Well, they're a different faith. They're this and all that. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I had to turn it off. You know why? Because I heard God during the service and I was blessed. 
Jealousy. Look at all the money they have. Who cares? Look at all the money your God has. Amen. You see, again, it's amazing the things people find wrong with you when you succeed. It's nothing but jealousy, and it's one of the worst things we can do. Until you can be happy for someone who got what you wanted, you're never going to get yours. Now, that right there is a breakthrough gift. I feel like Santa Claus right now. So let's just say it. I'm Santa Claus right now, right? And Santa Claus has given you a gift, and it's a breakthrough gift. And when you hear this and break through today, I'm going to stand up here and fellowship with you tonight and see God do the miraculous. So let me tell you a story. The story was when when I was in my stupid days. And my stupid days was I had this type A personality. I'm just going to put everything in line, do that. I went to Bible college. I'm in Bible college in the dorm. And uh, one of my professors, I had the privilege of having breakfast with him, who wrote, was one of the authors who wrote the doctrine book, Dr. Duffield. And um, so I'd have breakfast with him every week on Wednesday morning. And he was talking about this Bible. And I was type A personality, so I had all my ducks in a row financially, pay the bills, all the different things. And I just went to the Lord, and I went to the Lord for like three weeks, praying, God, God, I'd like to get this. I know I have this money in the bank, but I need that for this and this type A personality. And, and uh, so I just kept praying, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, one early morning, because I got up early, it's about 5.30, uh, a guy across the hall who, um, stupid days, remember, just bugged the snot out of me all the time. I'm just being frank with you, okay? I know you don't have anybody that ever bugs you, so. But he just always did, you know? He just, and it was quirky, all the different things. Bottom line, we became great friends later on. But he came knocking on the door. I was early. I'm just getting out of the shower, and it's like, yeah. I won't say his name. He says, look what my grandpa sent me. And it was this box. I said, what, what, what is it? Oh, awesome. And I opened it up. It was the very same Bible I was believing for. And, you know, I did the Christian thing. Oh, how wonderful. That's so beautiful. Wow. Are you going to keep it in your room? Or are you going to use it at school? He says, I'm going to keep it in my room because this is so awesome. I know it's expensive. And I'm going, Right? So I said, well, praise the Lord. I'll see you in class. Shut the door. Wanted to slam the door. And I said, God, what are you trying to do? Jealousy rose up in me. And I said, that idiot, you know, who I do so much more because I was involved in youth ministry. I was doing this and doing that. And he was doing nothing except study, you know. Jealousy, right? And because I had to make a living. So, so the reality is, is I went in there and I was a young Bible college student and I said a few words 
you know, and I was just mad at God. And I was jealous. And bottom line, what God was doing is what I'm teaching you now. He gave me a circumcision day. So that the flesh in my life would be cut out. That I would be joyous of that, knowing that God's got a plan for me. And if that that plan is not the Bible, now in my library and in my home, I probably have 30 Bibles. I have a couple that were very expensive that people gave to me years later. I mean, expensive. One Bible, $600. I said, amen. Where is so-and-so? I want to show him my Bible. You know. <laughs> right? Okay. See, we're human. Okay? And I know some Christians don't want, well, I know, but you're saved by grace. and you know, I, I get that. I'm a faith guy. But I still have a soul, and the enemy is after my soul. And he does it through jealousy. So in this, I want you to recognize that these are the things that have hindered us, church family. I need circumcision sometimes. You need circumcision sometimes. Thank God the real circumcision happened when I was a few days old, that I don't remember the pain. But I'll tell you what, some of you are sitting here and you are in so much, and it breaks my heart, because God showed me, and I can't share what he showed me. But God showed me the pain that people are experiencing who are righteous, just believers because they are not grabbing hold of the truth that will set them free. And they're not walking in this lifestyle of joy that I rejoice. You know me. And when I see you and I see something that God does for you, I weep, I cry, I have tears in my eyes, I laugh, I clap, I rejoice. I would be the first one if you got a new car and say, hey, pastor, I got a new car. I'd run out, even if you got an old car, I'd run out there and rejoice with you. It's not about what it is. It's about walking in kingdom prosperity and kingdom realities. So at that time, I had a wrong heart attitude. By the way, in the New Testament, it speaks of circumcision, but it's the circumcision of the heart, of the attitude. Some of you are in such pain because you've gone through sickness for years and decades, or it happened last month, and you're wondering why, because you're doing everything you know to do to serve God. And I'm just telling you, there needs to be a circumcision experience of the cutting away of the flesh of the heart so that there's nothing that the enemy can do that could bring us away from that plan that God has, that constantly, that heaven is flowing into the earth, your earth, your life, who you are, our church, everything, that every, everywhere we look, it's heaven pouring down. 
We're always singing about heaven coming down. I'm telling you, sometimes we need to put actions with our words. You love your pastor? And here's the background of everything, because I knew about this Breakthrough Sunday. And I've been asking the Lord and praying for hours and in tongues and fasting for you. I didn't call. One time I called for a fast for a couple days. But other than that, I fasted myself. People are asking me, Pastor, you're losing weight. I'm eating different now. And maybe the fasting caused me to lose a little bit more weight. But that's okay. I'm feeling good. Because I'm being in obedience to the things of the Lord. I'm going to quit because we're going to pray. So I had a wrong attitude. God did that to bring out of me things that were in me. That were really preventing me from being blessed and breaking through. At Bible college, that guy got the rainbow and I got the circumcision. So the question What about promotion? There's one job opening, two people praying. You have to leave it to God and be joyful with God's decision. Did you know that Judas messed up? And the people decided to elect his replacement, the 12th apostle. Two men were being considered, Matthias and Barnabas. Barnabas didn't get picked. Matthias did, and did you know that Matthias is never mentioned again in the Bible? He wasn't God's choice. Neither was the other guy. Paul was. Barnabas got passed over, and you know what he did? He got mad, he quit, he went home and cried. No, that's not what he did. He went to his hometown and sold everything he had and brought all the money back and laid it at the apostles' feet with Matthias standing there to be used of the kingdom of God. That's the character of God. God's not asking you. He may. God's not asking you to give everything. But God's asking you to be willing to. Barnabas didn't get picked but bless the man that did get picked because jealousy will destroy you. John 3.25 says this, then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified. Behold, he is baptizing and all are coming in. And you know what John the Baptist did? He said, great, that's good. He can take my ministry if that's God's plan. In the Amplified Bible, John replied, a man can receive nothing, he can claim nothing at all, unless it has been granted to him from heaven. For there is no other source than the sovereign will of God. That's what God is saying to you and to me. I'm a communicator. I preach, I teach, I I sit with people and mentor them. And that is the gifting, that's the call of God in my life. But did you know with, with Ryan, who's very musical and very just always has 
can dance, I can't dance. Matter of fact, I have to watch very closely people up on the platform. How are they clapping? Because if I don't watch them, I'll be clapping off. And I can sing. I can do this stuff. God said, I'm not calling you to sing. I'm calling you to preach. And so I stay obedient to what God's called me to do. And God always brings me the gifts to be able to preach the gospel. Instead of looking at what you don't have and what you can't do and being jealous of people who have what you think you want, trust God enough to realize that God wanted you to have what you have. And he's got more when it falls from heaven. Get out of jealousy. I don't believe anybody is free until they no longer have a need to impress other people. God puts gifts in other people for you. Again, God gave me gifts to preach and teach, and I will continue to do that. I want to read this last scripture and then I want to talk with those that are online. It's found in John 21, verse 14 through 17. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you do know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I did a doctrinal study of this with a church a long time ago. And I could give you all the Greek words and terms and all this. But let me just tell you what God is asking us to do to get out of jealousy, that unforgiveness, okay? And just help one another. Just love one another. Just be a blessing. God has given you a circumcision thought right now saying, I remember that money. I want you to give it. Don't you fight them. Don't you fight them. You do it. If God's asking you to forgive someone, don't you fight them. You forgive. I've heard people say, I will never forgive them. You know what happens? The fulfillment of the plans and purpose of God will never prevail. Not because God doesn't want it. Because they made wrong choices. People are blaming God all the time. When God says, it's already, it's here. Everything that you need and more than you could ever ask or think of, I've already set it apart for you. It's done. Jesus did the work. We're going to do a series on grace in a couple months. We're going to really understand what grace really means. So if you really love God, then go help somebody, he's saying to Peter. 
And what God decides to do with other people is really none of my business. How God blesses people, it's none of my business. <laughs> you know, you get, you get people, uh, hey, I got a new car. And the first thing they say, how much you pay? None of your business. How about, let me look at it, nice car. So here's what we need to do. We need to deal with our own stuff. Yesterday, it was absolutely led to the Holy Spirit of a prayer of repentance. And then some of us maybe right now need to begin to pray a prayer of repentance. Trust God that he knows what he's doing. Some of us have an issue with worry, unforgiveness, and the nonsense of jealousy, which is the key of all that. And this stuff has to go. To all those watching online, at this time we are going to begin a prayer time anointing with oil. I wish you were with us. If you wanted, you could go get Crisco in your kitchen and anoint yourself. But we're going to have an amazing time of prayer, a breakthrough prayer. And I love that you've been with us today. I know the word has impacted your life. And I want you to recognize, in Jesus' name, you're healed. In Jesus' name, finances will be loosed. Why? Because you've made the decision that we talked about today. God bless you. Valley Community Church loves you and is praying for you. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. To the church family, let's all stand. We're going to sing a song, and after the song, I'll come up and give you directions. And I want everyone to break through today.